Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 100 points for the Big Dipper. Shut them out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere. This is for you. Now entering the game from Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Herman and Jim Chet Chesko. It's Wednesday, September 21st, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA. Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA and the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, you can't help but be excited about the Eagles and what we saw Monday night and equally disappointed in what we saw from the Phillies in the last five games. The Flyers already have bad news as camp opens up. Sixers are getting ready. Oh, and Penn State went down to Auburn, Alabama and took care of their business in a big way. Ups and downs this week for sure, my friend, but certainly plenty to talk about. Yeah, we're going to get to all of it, Bill. Uh, Much of the Delaware Valley, of course, still on a major high from what the Eagles did the other night in their home opener. An impressive win over those Vikings. The birds really good on both sides of the ball. Bill, I don't know if you know, today is the last full day of summer, so we're moving into autumn. That's really football season, I guess. Well, I I thought it was uh, the last day of summer because we actually hit a real feel of below 100 today. Here in Florida, and here I'm acting like I want to have a summer cold when it's 99 degrees. What's up? Yeah, I, you look like you got a little runny nose, and I, I saw you sneezing as we were going on the air. So uh, <laughs> I do. So distance. bear with me. Keep your distance. By the way, uh, you remember Formula 409, Bill? Yeah. Posting a picture because today happens to be our 409th show, and we do have the formula. Hey, look at that! You, I'll tell you what, you're sharp. I like that better than blueberry beer. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, well, we'll we'll certainly get back and talk all kinds of Eagles and uh, Phillies and everything else that's going on. But uh, we had a first-time guest tonight in Evan Macy, Chad. And Evan is the sports editor of Philly Voice. And then we have betters insider Bob Vachon. Boop's going to join us as well in the second half. Uh, Tell us about Evan. You had a chance to sit down with him uh, just this afternoon, a few hours ago. Yeah, I did, and uh, let me see. Okay. You know, 409 is a big number in Penn State. Well, we love it when we can introduce you to the first-time visitor. What's that, Bill? You know, 409 is a big number in Penn State football as well, right? Is that how many uh, wins for Joe? That is 409. All right, let, let me get to Evan. He is a Lancaster native. He's a Temple grad. He's a writer. In fact, he uh, is the sports editor for phillyvoice.com. And prior to joining Philly Voice, he worked for Metro Philly and ESPN. I read his stuff often and said, hey, I should see if he'd want to come on our show. I reached out to him last week. He said, sure. And uh, because he's covering a Phillies game as we speak, we taped our chat just a few hours ago. And we'll see if I can... Uh, Start that up properly. Here we go, Evan and I, this afternoon. Well, we love it when we can introduce you to a first-time visitor to Philly Press Box Radio, and that's what we have for you this week. He is the sports editor at Philly Voice. They do a great job there, by the way, covering all things uh, Philadelphia sports. And we bring him on now. It is Evan Macy. Hey, Evan, how are you? Hey, Chet. How you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great, man. Uh, nice to meet you, and uh, great to talk to you here. Uh, we, of course, have to talk first about what happened Monday night at the link. It was a nice beat down. The Eagles look good on both sides of the ball. 24-7 to Birds victory over the Vikings to go 2-0 and on the season here. I did see your article after the game Monday night, but for those who didn't, does a performance like that alter the ex- expectations for this season? 
I think the simple act of being a team that resides in Philly changes the expectations for the for the season. Uh, anytime you have a performance like that, it's going to make the city go absolutely insane. Uh, and, and you're seeing that. Um, and more than that, I actually think that the product we saw on the field was really impressive. Uh, a lot of the criticisms that the Eagles had after week one, uh, mostly surrounding their defense, they answered them. Jalen Hurts just was just on fire, throwing all over the field. He was very accurate. Uh, his only turnover, I, I don't think it was his fault. It kind of hit uh, Kenny Gainwell in the hands. All you could ask for from Jalen Hurts, you got. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, I mean, this was a, 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 a an offense that matched up pretty good uh, with, with the Eagles personnel, but you have to credit Jonathan Gannon. If we're going to bash him for last week, you have to credit him for this week. They were able to really just get their talented cornerbacks up in the grills of the wide receivers for the Vikings and play a lot of press coverage and everything was fantastic. And the, the, the major reason aside from how great they looked that I'm really high on the Eagles right now is just because their schedule doesn't really send any alarms. There's really nobody that's that uh, intimidating. They have uh, Washington this coming weekend. Then they have the Jaguars. Maybe the Cowboys have Dak Prescott back. I'm not a believer in Cooper Rush after one game. They really have, uh, yeah, there's the schedule. Uh, there's really not much that you could be worried about for this team until maybe the Green Bay game uh, in, in week 12, and that might be the next actual test that this Eagles team gets. So, I mean, they might be 10-0. and 0. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I was going to say, they may well be favored in their first 11 games this season. So that would be kind of nice if they won all the games that they're favored. Uh, you mentioned Jalen Hurts. Is it too soon to say that he is the long-term answer at quarterback, or are we just you know jumping the gun on that after one great game? Well, luckily for the Eagles, they don't have to make that decision after until he plays 17 games. But I really think that his performance, you know, he kind of played the Eagles want a conventional quarterback. They don't want somebody that they're going to have to run the ball into the ground in. They don't want to have a game manager. They want somebody who can go deep and Hurts did to Quez Watkins. And they want somebody who can throw it all over the field. And, and he does, uh, you know, a lot to A.J. Brown. The Eagles gave him the tools to prove he was the quarterback of the future, uh, and there were no excuses. Uh, he's got the offensive line. He's got the weapons. He's got the run game. And so far, he's proven it. And if he's able to perform like this with the tools he has around him, then there's a no-brainer, and Jalen Hurts is going to sign an enormous contract in a couple of months. This Sunday's game is going to be a whole lot of fun down in suburban D.C. Carson Wentz, of course, the opposing quarterback. He's with the Commanders now. Uh, there's going to be a slew of Eagles fans down there. I know there are busloads and busloads of fans going down. Can we count on another W for the Eagles? I think so. I, I would think that this defense knows uh, Carson Wentz pretty darn well. We all in the city know him pretty darn well. Uh, you know, he's been kind of at, as advertised. He does have seven touchdown passes, which is tied for the most this season. But he also, you know, has made a, a lot of bad decisions with the football. Um, and he hasn't really played any good competition. I'm sure that Darius Slay is licking his chops. I'm sure that, you know, Fletcher Cox is really excited to go up the middle and have have you know, uh, Carson Wentz forget that he's in a pocket, which is the thing that he often does. Um, so uh, the Eagles, sh you know, rightly are going to be favored in this game. I would be shocked. That would be really fun if uh, it, it, to do my job with Carson Wentz winning this game. I don't see it happening. It's a win-win for us in the media. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it's another cupcake of an opponent in, in week three for sure. Well, before we get to the Phillies, who are giving me lots of agita lately, uh, we got to talk about the Flyers, and that's another tough situation. They've had a dreadful, you know, last season. Ryan Ellis is still not healthy. And then a couple of days ago, we found out that Sean Couturier, the veteran center, is probably going to be sidelined for quite a while. He suffered another back injury. Reportedly, it's a herniated disc that's going to keep him out, we think, a significant amount of time. How devastating is that news? And are we going to be looking at another rough season for the orange and black? I think you have to take context into account. Uh, if this was a season where they really had a chance to do anything, then this would be the nightmare scenario, uh, losing Coots, who's, I guess, maybe the most reliable forward on this team. But they're not good. <laughs> Maybe this helps them to get a better draft pick. Maybe it gives the Flyers a chance to look at some of the young guys. I mean, it's it's going to be painful. 
it, you know, we, we know what it's like in this city from the process era Sixers. And I don't think the Flyers are doing it intentionally as the Sixers did, but it's probably going to be just as rough for fans. Uh, I know the tickets are pretty cheap to some really good games. So maybe take advantage of that. That's really the only silver lining I can think of. Uh, and hopefully, you know, they're able to kind of get these young guys to show what they can do and figure out what they have to build a team that's good in the near future. All right, that's enough Flyers talk for September. Uh, let's move on to the Phillies. And, wow, despite their recent struggles, five straight losses, including getting swept down in Atlanta, they are still, we think, in pretty good shape for a wild card spot, up two and a half games on the Brewers. Uh, the Phillies, of course, do own the tiebreaker with them also. But there are obvious concerns. What stands out for you as far as, uh, you know, the recent struggles for the Phillies, Evan? They really don't have that reliable slump buster uh, pitcher right now. Uh, Zach Wheeler actually returns on Wednesday night, and uh, that, you know, who knows, it's his first start after after missing a bunch of time with an injury, but they really need Wheeler. They, they need Aaron Nola also. Uh, their pitching just has not been consistent. Uh, Kyle Gibson is not somebody that anyone's really excited about. Noah Syndergaard has shown that he's a back-of-the-rotation starter. They got some good innings from – from uh, Bailey Falter, they've gotten a couple of good outings from Ranger Suarez, who's pretty good. But, I mean, if you compare the Phillies pitching staff to the staffs of the teams that they're chasing or the staffs of the other teams in the NL playoff picture, they have the worst pitching staff, and that's really the big differentiation. And then the other thing I need to mention is the outfield. It's kind of like a makeshift duct tape bailing wire outfield. Bryce Harper can't throw the baseball. I, have, I still don't really understand how he can – hit but can't throw but i'm sure that's scientifically a thing that can happen so i'll trust the doctors on that one but because of that uh, and nick castellanos he's also hurt and hopefully nearing a return there's really a bunch of no names in the outfield along with kyle schwarber and uh, you know that's a weakness that they have on their roster that's you know rearing its head so hopefully they can get the team healthy there and the starting pitching and then the bullpen uh, zach eflin looked decently well in the bullpen when he's thrown there and everybody, you know, if they can put everybody in their proper roles and get six solid innings from these starters, then I think that we're going to feel a little bit better about the Phillies. Well, you mentioned Aaron Nola, and it's not exactly been a secret that he has struggled in most Septembers during his career. He's got, I believe, three more starts left this season. Uh, how important are these starts for him personally, as well as for the team? What should we expect from the longest tenured Philly down the stretch? Yeah, they're definitely important. He's he's never pitched in a playoff game. I mean, neither has the majority of the players on the Phillies roster. And, it, you know, it's interesting because he's from the bayous of New Orleans. And, and you'd think that when it got muggy and hot like it is in August and September up north that he'd kind of be more comfortable. But for whatever reason, historically, he hasn't really been able to pitch as well. It might also just be, you know, the innings logged. He's he ha He's been healthy all year. He's logged a lot of innings. He's pitched pretty well for most of the season, but, uh, you know, it's really tough when, when you have that much pressure on you to pitch every fifth day. And when you are going deep into games and pitching important innings, it, pay, it takes its toll on a starting pitcher. So he's got three chances to rebound. One of those will be against a really good Braves team that they could see in the playoffs. And then, you know, they have a little bit of a break and they'll be able to play some bad teams again, which is what they feasted on. So really, I mean, they've lost seven in a row now. They just have to salvage something in this final series against the Braves, and then they'll be able to go where they're comfortable, which is against the trash of the National League again. Oh, got to turn the mic on. There you go. Uh, yes, after uh, the Blue Jays series wraps up tonight, they have four against the Braves, and then a 10-game road trip to conclude the season. Chicago, uh, Washington, and Houston, who probably won't need the games at all since they've already clinched. So... I still like their chances, but they're just making it a little too scary for me. What's your uh, final verdict? Do you think they're going to be a postseason team? Well, the silver lining, and it's ironic because I actually did a little bit of a deep dive last week looking at their potential opponents. We know they're going to play either the Mets, the Braves, or the Cardinals. And I surmised that the best matchup would be the Cardinals. And the only way for them to get that matchup would be to be the sixth seed, which is the third wild card spot. And so I said, while that's the preferable matchup in the playoffs, getting that is going to be un unpleasant for Phillies fans because they're going to be in the last spot. They're going to have the Brewers right behind them, and it's going to be a more stressful end to the season than it might have been otherwise. 
Uh, but yeah, right now, I if we're looking long term and they can hang on and salvage some of these final games, playing against the uh, Cardinals, who they've had a little bit of success about, especially in especially in St. Louis, it's the only season series they've won against these three teams. That's something to maybe be optimistic about if they can get healthy and draw St. Louis. Maybe they can make some noise and, and win a series. Uh, I do not like their chances whatsoever against the Mets or the Braves in a series on the road. Uh, but I guess you have to get there first. And so it's going to be a stressful two, two and a half weeks here. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, one Sixers question. Um, they've had a busy offseason, Daryl Morey and company. They've added guys including P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, DeAnthony Melton, and most recently Montrez Harrell. James Harden said to be in pretty good shape right now. He enjoyed the Eagles game the other night, as we saw. Are the Sixers legitimate contenders again, do you think? I think that they're not going to be worse as far as the chemistry, um, as far as Doc Rivers kind of knowing what levers to pull when it comes to, you know, how he's going to put the the lineups out on the court. There's a lot of question about who should Tyrese Maxey be playing with when uh, Joel Embiid gets off the court. There's a lot of these semantical questions that Kyle Newbeck, who is our Sixers maven, is much better equipped to talk about. Uh, but from me, who has probably the same expert level as most of the people watching this, I think that they're they're going to be better. I think a whole season, uh, if they're healthy, there's a ton, a ton of talent. And this is a regular season team, as as we all know and have seen. So I would not be surprised if they're in the top three in the East. And then God only knows come playoff time if they can be healthy and and sink. And Doc Rivers knows what levers to pull. This is a team that I think has a chance to go deep in the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, we've said that the last four years and they've lost in the second round. So maybe cautious, op- cautious optimism is the way to approach this team this year. I like it. All right, Evan, as we often do with first time guests, we play a little game of fast five to uh, conclude. Five simple questions, five brief answers. Can we give it a shot? Yeah, let's go. There are no wrong answers, by the way. Uh, number one, who was your all-time favorite Philadelphia athlete to watch play? Was, like growing up? Yeah, or now, or you know, any time in your life. Well, growing up, Allen Iverson, absolutely. Favorite growing up. Right now, Joel Embiid is just incredible, and I love everything about him. All right. Number two, other than the 2008 World Championship, give me a favorite Phillies memory. Oh, that's tough. It's, it's a negative one. But uh, the first Phillies playoff game, 2007, against the Rockies, in which they lost because of a grand slam that was hitting like the first inning. Uh, I went to that game. It was awful the last eight innings. And then driving back to my parents' house in Lancaster, got a flat tire and had to sit at Wally's Wiener World. I think that's what it's called. (laughs) Off of Route 41, headed back to Lancaster. Uh, so I don't know why, but that is now just an inside joke with my friends. Whenever it comes to the Phillies making the playoffs, we don't want to have another Wally's Wiener World experience. So, yeah, I don't know why that came to mind, but that's my answer. Funny you mentioned Lancaster. That's my next question. You're a Lancaster native. What was the best thing about growing up in Pennsylvania Dutch country? <laughs> uh, you have a different point of view when you're an adult. I was like any other kid and wanted to get the heck out of there, and I hated it, and there was nothing to do there. But it was really an awesome place to grow up because it was really safe. There were a lot of places that you could kind of go. Gas was under $2 a gallon. So you could just drive, drive around Amish country, drive around the cornfields, drive to get an ice cream cone. So I really love just kind of the open rural roads and driving around with friends and blasting music with windows open. Those are kind of the memories I have. I hear you. Um, what was more fun to cover the 2016 democratic national convention or super bowl 52? <laughs> Both were a lot, a lot, a lot of work, um, as you can probably imagine. I think the Super Bowl is probably a a memory that's just being in the room when something like that historic happens was really, really awesome. Um, And I remember actually how much hard work it was. Uh, I was working at Metro Philly at the time, and they were holding deadline for the end of the game. I was the only reporter there, so uh, and I needed a couple bylines. So I had a story if they win, a story if they lose, a column if they win, a column if they lose, and then an article ranking the Super Bowl all-time against the other 51. And I was writing these five articles simultaneously in between plays. So uh, I took about 30 seconds after they won to take it all in, and then I put my head back down and and worked. It was a lot of work, but it was amazing. 
And finally, uh, your Twitter profile says you are a Springsteen fanatic. Bruce, Bruce will be 73 this Friday, by the way. Uh, how many times have you seen the boss in concert, and what are two or three of your favorite Springsteen songs? I uh, actually went on a Springsteen podcast, and I think 40 was my number. There's actually this website that you can use. Um, I think it's my mybosstime.com, and you can like put your profile in and pick all the shows you went, and it tells you all of your set lists. My favorite song is Backstreets off of uh, the Born to Run album. Absolutely love it. Uh, and then I guess Drive All Night is kind of a song my wife and I love. It's an amazing love song. I've seen him perform it live off the River album. So I guess those would be my two favorites. Rosalita and Thunder Road for me. And just 11 times, I feel, you know, so <laughs> a shame. Priorities. You have better yeah. priorities than me. <laughs> Follow this guy on Twitter, Evan underscore Macy. Hey, this was a blast, Evan. Uh, thanks so much for chatting with me. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime. All right. We'll do it again. Hey, Chet. Good stuff uh, from Evan. And uh, we got plenty more Eagles we're going to talk about. I, I am going to leave you with two thoughts before we pay our bills, and then we're going to come back and talk Eagles. First one, I'm going to leave this right here from uh, Robbie, because I was going to go right down the same line. Should we just give the Eagles two wins uh, because we got a cupcake uh, in Washington? My, my other comment, Chad, I'll let you chew on this while we're doing our break, is an old Joe Paterno saying, and this, this and I think I might have even said this before, but it also goes for the Penn State blowout at Auburn. You're never as good as you think you are when you win, and you're never as bad as you think you are when you lose. Um, keep everything in perspective. It's a week-to-week -week, uh, thing for the Eagles and for Penn State. So we'll get back to that. But for the meantime, let's pay the bills and uh, – Let's talk about Allstate Insurance because you're probably spending more time on your couch than you are your car. It's time for you to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. You know it. Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent in Westchester, Pennsylvania. That is Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Again, 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. Yeah. Hey, and while you're at it, tell us what's going on over at the Rover. They won a bunch of awards last night or yesterday, and uh, great for them. Uh, best of county and a whole bunch of categories. Yeah, all sorts of things going on over there. And uh, you may have noticed that my pal Denny and I were at the Rover last Saturday for their halfway to St. Patty's Day event. We had a couple of beers and some delicious, sweet, and spicy wings. I love those wings. And, yeah, how about what happened Tuesday night? Uh, we had this all over Facebook and our friends at the Irish Rover. And of course, I can't find it. Oh, there it is. Oh, yes. Our friends at the Irish Rover won nine awards at the Bucks County Courier Times Best of Bucks event. That is fantastic. Congrats to Tracy, Taylor, Chris and company at the Irish Rover. They're obviously doing things quite well over there in Langhorn. Find out for yourself. Visit the Rover on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorn, Pennsylvania. Maybe next Saturday, October 1st, because that happens to be the day the great Irish bar and restaurant goes German. It's the Irish Rover's annual Oktoberfest celebration featuring great German food, some special beers, the annual beer stein hoisting competition, etc. 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. on October 1st. I've been there a couple of times over the you know last several years, and it is always a blast. The Irish Rover, again, it's on Bellevue Avenue or Langhorn, and the website is irishroverstationhouse.com. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good! Well, it was certainly good on Monday night, Chet, and uh, I know Merrill, uh, Joe Buck actually said Merrill stopped in the booth at halftime and yeah. commented that that was as good a half as, uh, as he's seen in a long time by a quarterback. I don't think there's any arguing with that, uh, the, other than those couple ticky-tacky uh, offensive line calls that you almost never see, that was pretty much a perfect half of football. 
Yeah, apparently the Vikings had tipped off the refs that they had seen in the Game 1 film that the Eagles were guilty of that, uh, you know, offensive line downfield thing. And it is legitimate, but yeah, it is kind of ticky-tacky. But hey, what are you going to do there? They're allegedly going to clean that up according to uh, the coach. So hopefully that will be the case. But very, very impressive. We talked about Jalen Hurts. He was really, really good. He shows he does have arm strength. He shows he can be pretty accurate. And he spread the ball around. I think his first five uh, passes were to different receivers. Great to get Devontae involved right away after getting zero catches the first week. So there's nothing to complain about offensively at all, except maybe the penalties. You're right. Yeah. Well, and even the uh, the, the third penalty they called is the only one they showed on replay. And Aikman said it was obvious. And when you looked at it, it wasn't all that obvious. So um, anyway, uh, it was a good they, – they certainly played well. The, the Vikings, you know, we know the Vikings are a good team. You get down 14 nothing early like that, you get away from your game plan. Vikings only ended up running the ball 11 times in the whole game. Two of them were by the quarterback. One was by a wide receiver. Uh, you're not going to win in the NFL very much when you're only going to run the ball 10 or 11 times and throw it 46. But to the credit of the Eagles, um, I don't know we're going to see this every week, but Jonathan Gannon unleashed some blitzes. The defensive backs played real good wide receivers and played them well. Um, great show by the defense as well. For as much as everybody killed Jonathan Gannon after week one for giving up all those points to the lines, letting them back in the game, you got to give him credit for what happened in week two. He you know, did a lot of blitzing. They held Justin Jefferson pretty much in check. Darius Slay had a monster game. So, uh, yeah, he did, he did pretty much nothing wrong as far as, uh, you know, what he did with his defense. And, boy, if they're going to get that kind of performance every week, you still want to get a little more of a pass rush, obviously, but otherwise that deal looked great. Yeah, they did. And, you know, I think, I think as I said, you're not as good as you think you are when you win. Uh, you know, I think we got to keep this game in perspective. You can't go to sleep, whether it's Washington. I think they're better than Washington by a lot. But um, – you know, you got to keep it all in perspective and take it week by week. And I think that was the message that uh, Nick Sirianni passed on to the team uh, in their meetings this week. A lot of people are really hopping on the Eagles bandwagon now. You look at the power rankings, they are as high as third in some of them, uh, only as low as seventh. Our buddy Damo, Paul Domowicz, put out his yesterday, and he has them sixth. He still has them behind a couple NFC teams in Tampa Bay and the L.A. Rams. The Rams, of course, defending Super Bowl champions. Tampa Bay has that Brady guy, so you understand it. But, uh, yeah, he has them sixth overall and uh, that's pretty good because uh, expectations were not quite this high just a few weeks ago. Now, all of a sudden, people are saying the Eagles are going to win the NFC East and they are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And you can't argue with it after the first two weeks. Well, I, I told you I thought they were when I said 12 and 5. I thought they yeah. they could make the Super Bowl. And, and I think they can. And, uh, you know, I guess Jalen Hurts ended up with 11 carries. Uh, some of them were designs. Some of them were RPOs. Um, but I, I still would like to see that get down a little bit, but they were all pretty quality runs. He, he does need to learn to get down and not fight for the last four yards to get a touchdown. I mean, it was great. He got the touchdown, but somebody else can score that. Don't get yourself hurt. <laughs> that was a great finish though, on that shorter touchdown run. And the other one, of course, was terrific. Uh, he, he slides better than Michael Vick, at least we'll give him that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, he did almost everything perfectly right. And the one interception of course, was really not his fault. It was Kenny Gainwell not being able to hold on to it. So kudos to Jalen Hurts on an amazing week two game. Absolutely. And I can't let this go. Can't let Eagles talk go without talking about the offensive line, Chet, as, you, as I'm sure that would surprise you. Complete domination up front. Jason Kelsey with another clinic and, uh, along with everybody else take away those few penalties early um great job by the by the offensive line as well yeah. that's where you win the games kelsey's just so much fun to watch i hope he sticks around for another couple of years <laughs> he'll be in the stands with travis drink and uh mick ultras or whatever he was yeah how about like. that travis drink and mick ultra i saw yeah that. how about that <laughs> all right let's jump over and talk a little bit about the phillies you uh you touched on some of that with evan uh, I, I see each day that your your confidence level is dropping. They're still two and a half games up. They certainly need to start winning games. Um, everybody couldn't miss a bat last night. 
Yeah, last night was rough. Uh, the 18-11 loss. Um, the, the Phillies are just not playing well in September. Yet again, I meant to put a graphic up, and I don't have it, unfortunately, but this is the fifth straight September. They've had these losing streaks of at least, you know, five games in September. They're under 500 yet again. Their only wins have been against bad teams, against the good teams like Atlanta and Toronto. You know, they're still winless in the month. So it's a concern. It's a concern. The good news is after the four games with Atlanta, they have three lesser teams well two lesser teams in the cubs and mar or cubs and nationals and then a houston team that uh has already clinched the american league west so 10 road games to finish the season they gotta win at least you know six or seven of these and that should be enough to get them in there you go i got seven and eight that's not a whole lot to ask so i'm not giving up bill but it, it concerns me that i mean it's not just that they're under 500 but they were sloppy last night Bryson Stott, who's been so good, uh, was kind of lackadaisical and had a couple of errors. The one he was just kind of out of it, and just you know, lollygagged it over there to first base. Uh, Bryce Harper getting you know caught off second base. You can't do that when you're fighting for a playoff spot, Bill. Well, I, I agree with you, but uh, I'm not near as panicked as you are. I would be more pan- panicked if we were two and a half out than two and a half in. Uh, but I believe the magic number is 12, right? 12 out of 15 or 12 out of 17. I think so. I think Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee did win today. So it might be down to two games now, but again, the Phillies do have the tiebreaker over Milwaukee and you know, they're they're not a great team. So I do think the Phillies are going to get in. And San Diego is not good either. Uh, they're, they're just surviving because the Phillies are stinking it up. So, um, but they need they need a good game from Zach Wheeler tonight. They, they only go pitch three or four innings, I guess. Uh, Syndergaard's coming in behind them. Uh, they need a win tonight, and uh, you know you, you're not going to win when you give up three run homers in the first inning. That that's <laughs> that's almost like getting eleven carries at forty six passes. It just doesn't usually turn out well for you. Yeah, Kyle Gibson's been doing that a lot lately. He has not been good down the stretch. They need a good performance, as you said, from Wheeler. This is, to me, one of the most important games of the past month because uh, it's going to tell us how healthy Wheeler is. You know, is he ready to, you know, go back and crank it up three more times this year? And then you have Aaron Nola pitching in the next couple of days. And as I said, talking to Evan Macy, Nola has three starts left and – you think I pick on him, but he's got to show me something here in September, Bill, and I want to see him do it against Atlanta in a couple of days. Well, I, I think what we've seen, it, it, Chet, is you know the old saying, you are what you are. Uh, the, the Phillies aren't as good as the Mets. They're not as good as the Braves. They're not as good as the Blue Jays, and they're better than the Nationals and the Marlins. They're, they're a middle-of-the-pack team. They might sneak in the playoffs because they've expanded the playoffs, um, but you got to get there. And if you get there and you can pull off a couple wins, it's all it takes. You get to the next round. And, you know, the more you play, anything can happen. Hey, you were at the Phillies game last uh, week where you're not down uh, in Atlanta. Last Friday I was uh, in Atlanta, and uh, that game fell apart in a hurry with Ranger leave, leaving with a 2-1 to one lead in the seventh inning, oh. and next thing it was 7-2. to two. Uh, yes, you know, Sir Anthony. Was, Sir Anthony, like all the other oh, was, guys, have been struggling. He was terrible. He was terrible. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you're watching the game, the first two pitches he threw – we're nowhere close to the strike zone. You knew. You knew he didn't have it. And next thing, he laid up a meatball, and uh, they're looking for it. And all of a sudden, the game's out of hand. You know, the, the misleading thing, Chad, about the Braves series is it was worse than it looked. You know, they got swept out. But in the I – I don't know the exact same num- right number of this, but in the first five or six innings of those games, they had zero, one, two hits. You know, yep. they got a lot of hits late in that ball in those ball games that made it look like they actually were competing. They weren't competing. They got their doors blown off three times in a row. I know they've had injuries. I know, you know, uh the right fielder is still out. Uh I know that Harper did not have a great series in Atlanta. He did have a couple of hits last night, but he has not been hitting well. I think he's at one seventy nine or something for September. Um yeah, they gotta pick it up, all of them, everybody. And there's there's no time to waste. Let's get it going. Don't make it come down to that final series in Houston over the last three days of the season. That's right. All right. Hey, I want to jump over and talk a minute before we get to Boop. He'll be with us shortly. Uh, I wanted to talk about that trip to Auburn, Chet, Penn State football. It was a fun trip. Penn State represented well, as they always do. Um, 
probably even better than before. Brandon to set up with a couple buddies, three buddies, Kevin Gallagher, Dan Baldwin, Don Trevelino, all buddies that I eat from Delco and Chester County that I used to go to Penn State games with. Got to see them. Uh, you see Mike is with me fresh off of an Ironman. He looks like he's in a whole lot better shape than me. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, man, it was it was fun. And uh, Auburn, not a very good football team. And I think that's the thing that uh, you, you got to keep in perspective. They're not very good, but going on the road. And, and it was a little bit of a hostile environment until Penn State smacked them in the mouth and then uh, took complete control of the game. But fun trip, great people. Um, Penn State did well. Auburn fans were great. Uh, just, a, just a fun trip going to Auburn, Alabama. Yeah, I bet it was. Uh, I mean, you got to see it all close up. And not just because of the outcome. I'm sure it was a real fun experience being down there. Yeah, it was. You know, it was the second time I got to go. I got to go to the Alabama-Auburn game at Auburn last year. Ah, my yeah, my right. first Iron Bowl. And uh, give a shout-out to my buddy Gino Toretta, the Heisman Trophy winner. Gino is my ticket source for those games. He's got a um, radio that he does on Sirius. Uh, touchdown radio where he calls the games and he happened to have both of those games. So I was able to uh, get some tickets from him that way. And uh, they're, they're pricey, by the way. Really? <laughs> Only 105 a pop or 155 a pop. 155 for really? 155 for a college game. Yes, sir. I did not That's realize right. it was that pricey. You, you, you only go once if you're me. <laughs> wow. Well, Bill, you had a great trip. And uh, speaking of such things, let me tell our viewers and listeners about Philly Sports Trips. They are doing trips to all Eagles road games, 20 busloads of rabid birds fans heading down to D.C. through Philly Sports Trips this Sunday to watch the Eagles put it to Carson Wentz and the Commanders, we hope, tailgate parties before all birds home games. They just had the one the other night before the win over the Vikings. Uh, I heard it was great. Wish I could have been there. Um, there will be tailgate parties, as I said, for all of the games. In addition, there's a visit to Wrigley Field during the final week of the Phillies season, plus an October Flyers hockey trip to Nashville, Music City, October 22nd through the 25th. And you can even book Phillies 2023 spring training trips already. So uh, get all the details on their website, phillysportstrips.com. You'll be glad you did, Bill. Absolutely. Hey, Bill, you know, we got Boop standing by, but before we get to him. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's time, Bill. It's time. We're, we're going to do a little. Uh, no little award bit. shows and no blueberry beer. No, no blueberry beer. Tonight's beer, though, is uh, <laughs> one of the ones I mentioned last week, and it's got the zombie on the front plus a pumpkin. It is Springhouse Brains, just because I like the can. It's It's not a bad pumpkin beer. Not my all-time favorite, but not bad. But that's not what I'm going to talk to you about this evening, Bill. Like a lot of our Philly Press Box radio viewers and listeners, I am a lifelong Philadelphia sports fan. And because it's now been 50 years, I've been thinking a lot recently about the year of 1972 in Philly sports. The Eagles were subpar. Ed Kyatt guided them to a 6-7-1 season before getting dismissed. The Flyers were under 500 in their first year with Fred Shero as coach, still in the process of becoming the Broad Street Bullies team that would you know, win the first Stanley Cup in the franchise history a couple of years later. The 76ers won 30 games in that 71-72 season, but then came the next year and they have, uh, well, it was the worst ever NBA season and still is. Nine wins, 73 losses in 72-73. And then, of course, there were our Philadelphia Phillies. The 1972 lineup did have exciting youngsters like Larry Boa, Greg Lazinski, and Willie Montanez, but there were also guys like Tom Hutton, Denny Doyle, Roger Freed, Joe Liss, and forgettable pitchers such as Ken Reynolds, Billy Champion, Barry Lursch, Wayne Twitchell, and 0-8 Jim Nash. Of course, there were a couple of other guys, too, who became Phillies in 1972. One of those the legendary Mike Schmidt. Back then, he was a rookie, a rookie infielder. He got a September call-up, and in his second start, September 16th, so 50 years ago last Friday, he slugged his first-ever Major League home run, a seventh-inning three-run blast off Montreal's Baylor Moore that turned out to be a game-winner. It was the first of Schmidt's 548 career home runs. Of course, the other first-year Philly in 1972 was a certain left-hander they acquired in 
an offseason trade with St. Louis. The Cards getting popular Philly Rick Wise in exchange for Steve Carlton. Oh, the Cardinals decided to trade him because he was asking for a salary of $65,000, if you can believe that, and they were offering just $55,000. I kid you not. Uh, of course, Carlton had what is still the greatest ever season by a Phillies pitcher, 41 starts, a record of 27-10, and 10, an ERA of 1.97, 30 complete games, eight shutouts, 346 innings pitched, and 310 strikeouts. Lefty won 27 of the 59 games the Phillies won on the way to the first of his four Cy Young Awards with the Phillies. It was 50 years ago, but... It was a season that no Phillies fan who was around back then will ever forget. Absolutely. Best of times because it wasn't long after that things turned around for the Phillies, turned around for all all the teams. Yeah. And within the next year or two, three or four, it was it was good stuff. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Let's give a shout-out to all the shows over at the Edge of Philly Sports Network, Chet, this week. Wall-to-wall coverage. We continue to grow. Uh, you can catch all the action on www.eopsports.com as well as Edge of Philly Sports on YouTube. You can also find this show on Philly Press Box Radio YouTube. So check it out. Hit those subscribe, follow, like buttons, and as always, share with your family and friends. As you see, uh, plenty, of, plenty of shows Sundays are loaded up with uh, Eagles now, pregame, halftime, postgame, everything else, plus all week long talking Philly sports. Yes, sir. All right. Well, hey, Chet, it is that time. Let's welcome Bob Vitrone Jr., Boop, back to Philly Press Box Radio for week three picks. Boop, welcome back. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hey, Boop, uh, you're a couple years younger than us, I think, but you remember that 72 season, do you not? You know, I did. I was there for a lot of those games. Uh, Steve Carlton's 14th consecutive win was the Carl Walenda across the um, – was the first game of the doubleheader where Walenda walked across the rope. I was there for that one. Um, so, yeah, I remember it well. You, you said two things about the 72 team. That's one thing I wanted to bring up. But another thing, if you look at wins and losses, I think Boa hit about 40 points higher – in the games Carlton started, then the games he didn't. I made I looked that up one time, which was pretty interesting. The other thing you mentioned, Tommy Hutton. Tommy yep. Hutton owned Tom Seaver. I looked it up. Yep. Sixteen for fifty yep. in his career. He hit, the, he hit the Hall of Famer three twenty, and it was the guy he faced the most. So it's funny. I do remember that. Mike should have a a um a, a one. Like you say a word, and the first thing you comes to mind is you know you answer it. When you say Tommy Hutton, I think Tom Seaver. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know another guy, another blast from the past. How about Bill Robinson that year? He yeah, was an outfielder. Wind day when Carlton Carlton come in the locker room said it's wind day and everybody up their game. Yeah, hard to believe I'm going to know this, but I think he hit the most home run payoff homers the first year of the contest <laughs> way back then, including a grand <laughs> slam, the first five thousand dollar grand slam. And what kind of life does it tell you I have that I know that? <laughs> I like Bill Robinson. A he great life, life, actually. Yeah. A great life. Yeah, you do it okay, Boop. All right. Oh, well, hey, let's get to our NFC East picks this week. Chet, how did we do a week two? What are our standings at this point? You, you're you still going to throw in there your defending champion or something? Well, you know, believe it or not, each of us, uh, each of the three of us went a mediocre two and two last week. We all won with the Lions over the Commanders. We all lost as the stinking Cowboys beat the Bengals. I picked the Giants over Carolina. I don't know why, but I did. You guys did not. But, of course, I also picked the Vikings to beat the Eagles. Silly me. You guys were right, and I'm glad you guys were right on that one. But we all have the same record. So two weeks in, the defending champion, me, is 5-3. and three. You guys are both 4-4. Four and four. We're, getting our, we're getting our feet underneath us. It's going to be a exactly. long, week, long year if you're going to say that every week. Isn't <laughs> that the truth, boo? Yeah, I know. All right, let's get this thing going. Uh, to, tonight, I'll pick first. Chet, you go second. We'll let Boot, because he's live with us tonight. He can go third. So we'll, uh, we've will we had a couple games since we got NFC East uh, matchups. So we got Rams versus Cardinals. The Rams minus three and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams in this game. I'm not exactly sure uh, with the Cardinals being at home, but I'm going to take the Rams. 
Yeah, I'm taking the Rams also. They're the defending Super Bowl champs. Arizona has not looked overly great the first couple of weeks. So uh, even though it's on the road, I'm taking the Rams to win that one. LA's been outscored 31-3 in the fourth quarter so far. Arizona's outscoring their opponents 30-7 to in the fourth quarter. That's some easy math for me, Cardinals. Wow. All right. Packers at Tampa Bay. Buccaneers minus two. At least that's what it was when I wrote this up last night. Um, Mike Evans is not playing. Julio Jones is not playing. Uh, who's the other one? Not receiver not playing. Anyway, I'm going to go with the Packers in this game. I never go against Brady, but I'm going to go with the Packers only because uh, Tampa has no receivers. Yeah, uh, they do have Tom Brady. The Packers don't have a whole lot uh, in terms of receivers either. They they do have Aaron Rodgers, I know. But the game's in Tampa, and I think Green Bay is still, you know, trying to get organized and get things together this year. I'm taking the Bucks to win this one. So there's another one uh, that you and I at least have different, Bill. It, it took Rodgers five quarters to come out of hibernation before he threw a touchdown pass this year. And unless Tom Brady's looking ahead to the Chiefs, Next week, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Well, I, we'll see who he's going to throw the ball to. All right, Monday he's night out. football. I'm not worried. Oh, by the way, they signed Cole Beasley. They're uh, <laughs> they're hoping that he's going to be active already. I just watched it wow. on the news. They're hoping he's going to be active for Sunday, and he was not in anybody's camp. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. Monday night football, Dallas at the Giants. Giants minus two and a half. I'm going with the Giants at home. I just can't – I couldn't believe actually Dallas won that game. They played pretty good for a while, and then they tried to give it away. I think that line has gone up to three and a half now, and that makes a big difference uh, for, you know, the betting public between two and a half and three and a half. Could be decided by a field goal. Uh, I, I don't know who to take in this one. I basically flipped a coin and said, hey, the Giants are at home. I don't think uh, Cooper Rush can play another – Great game, a second week in a row. I'm taking the Giants at home to beat Dallas. Saquon Barkley's had three bad years against the Cowboys. He's missed two games, got hurt on the second carry of another, and then the other two he barely got to like 80 yards. So he's better now, and the blue and cold, blue and white's going to pay for it. Mm, I like the way you're thinking. All right. That gets us to uh, the Eagles. They visit Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders. Eagles are minus seven. Uh, I'm going to go Eagles in this. They're they're going to cover. And, and boom, I'm going to throw a couple stats at you, maybe that you already know. But the Redskins defense has given up 7.5 yards per carry wow. thus far this year. Nine of, their, nine of their 42 carries against them have been for plus 10, and four of those have been plus 20. Okay. I'm expecting a full dose of Miles Sanders, a little different game plan from Nick Sirianni, and a full run it down your throat by the Eagles offensive line. So they win and cover. I feel the same way, Bill. Uh, I just think they're a much better team. I think they feel pretty good about what happened Monday night, and they're not going to let it go to their heads. I like this game a lot. I like the Eagles 31-17. You know, They've got 62 points, and they haven't scored in four of their eight quarters. So they've <laughs> wow. done it all, you know, in half, you know, half two half games. Um, you know, the offense has shown it can play. The defense showed in the second half it can play. I think the special teams has a big week. <laughs> Eagles 35, Commanders 10. 35-10, wow. Yeah, I, 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 I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. All right. All right hey, you, got? you got some other uh Hey, Boop, you have some weekly uh, betters insider tidbits for us here <laughs> for week three? Yeah, you know, I'm usually – I do a lot of uh, betting on touchdown – players scoring touchdowns, mostly Chiefs and Eagles. I usually try to find a pretty high uh, guy who's got odds for two or three touchdowns or some parlays. I always stay away from teams to score a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown, but this Eagles team – They've got three pick sixes since week 11 last year, which leads the league. Darius Slay looked like Bugs Bunny playing baseball in the second half. And that, so I'm going to start looking at what the Eagles' um, odds are for their defensive players play to score a touchdown. It's usually in the six, seven, eight to one category. The thing I always do when I get around to betting these is you got to buy in for a couple weeks. You got to be prepared that if they don't get one this week to go the next week because, you know, it's, it doesn't happen every week, but this looks like they're going to. 
they're going to cash the bell at one point in the next uh, three or four weeks. I'd like to be on the upper end of that when it happens. Very good. What hey, I want to ask you guys uh, why we have one more minute before we, we let Boop go. Uh, what did you think of the Darius Slay James Harden handoff? Uh, you know, I thought to myself when I was watching that, I thought, like, well, could you give the ball to somebody like some other fan? Only to find out that those two had never met each other. Yeah. And uh, Slay didn't even know Harden was at the game until he saw him on the big screen. And then Harden liked it so much, he got Slay to sign it for him after the game. I thought it was cool. What'd you guys think? I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool the way uh, the, the Philly athletes, you know, enjoy each other's uh, playing and go to encourage them. Uh, I think it's great that there's that camaraderie within the Philadelphia sports world. Uh, Slay said he was a big fan of Harden, so he saw he was there and went over and gave him the ball. That was cool. Yeah, I love all the kind of the crossover respect that goes among athletes and also across genres like rock stars and athletes or actors or carpenters and plumbers, you know. Um, I was expecting Harden to get the ball, dribble it, step back, and take a three, but I guess that couldn't happen. By the way, guys, just so you know, uh, my picks, especially the winning ones, are all sponsored by Splits Bar and Grill in Maple Shade, New Jersey. Um, Chet's been there, so, you know, it's a good place. I'll be there. You're always there. You know, you're doing My wife can hear trivia. you. <laughs> well, hey, while you're talking about splits, I was going to have you let everyone know where they can follow your social media platforms and everything else you have going on besides stopping at splits just to pull up to the bar next to you. Best place to find me is either on Facebook or at, on Twitter at BoopStats. Um, I try to dump some stuff on my website, which is BoopStats.com. Uh, mostly that's the st- same stuff, but I put it in printable form there. Uh, I try to do TV listings every day, and for a lot of people, it's easier to print it off of the website. So, you know, at BoopStats on Twitter or BoopStats.com, come see me. All right. Hey, Boop, How, how'd you do in trivia last night? I got one more question for Boop. Your, your second favorite football team are the Kansas City Chiefs, yes. and they're, they're favored by six and a half over India and Indy, and the Colts have not looked good this year. No, Is that- they have not. Is that a line that's just screaming to take the Chiefs, or is it one of those things where again it could be the wise guys seeing the Tampa Bay's the next game for the Chiefs? Ah. So you know, um, listen, the Colts have looked terrible. It was a give me tie that they they should be owing to. So you know, I think that they're looking at the Colts maybe not being as bad as their record or their plays indicate it, and perhaps the Chiefs are looking a little bit ahead to Tom Brady, you know, whom they you know have a history with. So interesting. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, did you I'm did you win a trivia last night? No, I ended up finishing fourth. It was uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, um, and I'm more of a horse and buggy guy. So you know, it was uh, you know, and there were three good looking girls to my right, so I couldn't comp couldn't concentrate the whole night. <laughs> All right, Boop. Hey, we appreciate you joining us as always. Let's do it again next week. You got it, guys. All Thanks, right, Pete. very good. Hey, Chet, great guest tonight at Evan Macy. Who's coming to Philly Press Box next week back on our regular time, just like tonight, Wednesday, 7 p.m.? Yeah, Bill. Uh, let me see if I can find uh, the picture that I want to post up. Okay. Uh, next week, we do have another first-time visitor to the show joining us, Bill. I'm pretty sure that most Philly area sports fans and those in the New York area, too, for that matter, know this guy. He has been talking sports on the radio for 30-plus years locally on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I met him for the first time, believe it or not, last week, one week ago. It is Jody McDonald. Hey, Jody, do us a favor. I talked to Jody for about 15 minutes at the Conchahawken Brewery's Merrill and Mike Philly special beer release, and it was really fun talking with him. What a down-to-earth guy. And by the way, the event that I was at was that Mike and Merrill release party, uh, the Mike and Merrill Philly special beer, and there it is right there. Um, It all benefits the uh, first tee of Greater Philadelphia as well, a charity that both Merrill and Mike support. It's a hazy double IPA. I'm not a hazy double IPA guy, but, hey, it was for a good cause. And if you do like hazy double IPAs, you will like this. And it is strong, 8.8% alcohol by volume. I was uh, waiting for my package that has not arrived yet with my uh, – it said from Chesco on it. I didn't, I didn't see it yet. I'll save you one for sure. Hey, uh, also looking. next week, by the way, um, we're going to have a quick visit from Chris – Gas kill at the Irish Rover because they do have the big Oktoberfest coming up 
a week from Saturday. So Chris is going to join us and say hello and tell us all about that and about winning all those awards last night. All right. Hey, Joe has a comment for you, pal. <laughs> yeah, it's not pumpkin, but this is brains <laughs> is pumpkin. And I'm, I need the brains, so I'm drinking. Oh, uh, there you go. Hey, Robbie, Robbie posted something else up here. Is this – I don't remember this. Is uh, Jody Mack a Cowboys fan? Uh, I don't recall that. I don't know. He might be. I don't recall him ever being a Dow, but he might be. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll have to grill him if he is. That's for sure. Hey, you know what he is a fan of? Budweiser. Because we're talking <laughs> beers. We're talking about the fancy craft beers. He says – I'm a Budweiser guy. Give me a Budweiser and I'm happy. There you go. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's take another quick break. Thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Razroom. That's right. It's PPCC 118 Razroom on Facebook. Hey, Bill. <laughs> I um, almost made it the whole way without coughing. Almost. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about Penn State Auburn. This weekend, Penn State hosts Central Michigan. The Nittany Lions favored by 28. Um, should be an easy game, but can they cover 28 points? Yeah, they can cover 28. Um so, you know, again, same thing. you got to come out and play. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Chet, this, this Penn State team is loaded with talented freshmen. Uh, Nick Singleton is showing why he was the high school player of the year, national high school player of the year. Uh, he's really good. The, the offensive line was really good this week. They played three quarterbacks. They're getting these youngsters in. They, they can certainly cover this. There's a chance that they can be, should be, as I believe Northwestern comes up after this one. Yeah. Um, undefeated going into Michigan at Michigan. Then I think they have a week of somebody and then Ohio state. Uh, those are the two big ones and they, they could be right in the hunt here. They're playing good ball. Yeah. Up to number 14. They were unranked going into the season. They're already up to number 14. So yeah, top 10 is on the way. Go Penn state. Couple other things, Bill. Uh, we lost Mari Wills the other day, and we lost a guy that we met at one of the Dick Vermeil golf events a few years ago, Herb Lusk, the former Eagle and minister, real nice guy, Herb Lusk, we lost just the other day. Yeah, just 69 years old, yeah. and I guess cancer got him as well, and uh, apparently he was not sick for a real long time, uh, you know, six, nine months, something like that. And, uh, you know, we had a great time talking with him, just a regular down-to-earth guy, and uh, – it was fun, and hate hate to see that again. Yep. Rest in peace. All right. I just got a note that said it looks like the Phillies slept through the first four innings again tonight. I, I don't know the score, but that was the note I just got. All right. Quick parting shot for you, Bill. Go ahead. All right. I know we've discussed this before, but I'm going to say it again. It continues to amaze me that so many sports fans hate Joe Buck. I listened closely to him and Troy Aikman calling the Eagles-Vikings game the other night. I thought they did a fantastic job. And no, they do not dislike Philadelphia. They are not anti-Eagles, I promise you. And last week, uh, Phillies Action News interviewed Joe Buck, and I know this was partly tongue-in-cheek on his part, but he had this to say about Philadelphia. I'm a fan of Rocky. It was my favorite movie as a kid. I love the colors of all your teams. My dad was really, really good friends with Harry Callis and Richie Ashburn. I worked with Tim McCarver. He was the voice of the Phillies. And what else can I say? I mean, I love Bookbinders when it was there. And I was there when I was a kid. I mean, the Liberty Bell, for God's sakes, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a lot of love there. And I want you to love me, Joe Buck. He's got a sense of humor <laughs> about it. But uh, I think Joe Buck is damn good. Well, you know, I think they did a good job this week, uh, you know, and, and Aikman did too. But a lot of accolades and, and props for the Eagles. They, they were playing so well, there couldn't be much else to talk about negatively. But, uh, yeah, I thought they did a pretty good job. Unlike Tony Romo and Jim Nance doing that Cowboys game, the only thing they were missing was pom-poms and cow, cowgirl suits. Uh, they, yeah. they were ridiculous to try to listen to. Before we wrap it up, uh, Aaron Judge, who has 60 home runs, uh, rumor has it his 61st home run could go for $2 million uh, whenever that's, you know, caught and auctioned off eventually. His 62nd home run, which would set an American League record, will likely go for $10 million, they say. 
Yeah, and the guy that got the 60th uh, last night gave it to him. Yeah, how about nothing. One gave nothing. it to him. Yep. Wrap it up, Bill. And one last thing on Aaron Judge, and we'll follow this, Chad. He leads the AL in every offensive category, and all yeah. the experts are saying he is not the MVP. Otani has to be the MVP no, because no. he hits and I don't care. Pitches. Aaron don't Judge care is either. the MVP this year, especially if he gets the triple ca- triple crown, which right now he is, if he can hang on and win the batting title. He so, wouldn't be he wouldn't be the first triple crown winner not to win the MVP. I know, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, Wrap don't. it up, you Bill. All right, let's thank tonight's special guest, Evan Macy and Bob Patron Jr., our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave Boy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chancesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, September 28th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen for our website, phillypressboxradio.com, or blogtalkradio.com slash Philly Press Box Radio or Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. One other thing, Chet, I will be in Philly tomorrow for the weekend. If you're going to the Philly show, memorabilia show at the Oaks this time, stop by and see Chip Brady and me. We'll be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.